with you and thank you for joining us online. I'm Eric VBS and I have the privilege of serving as the interim mission pastor. And so it's sweet and we have a sweet morning plan for us. Uh, but first I want to say a couple of things. For those of you who are watching, please fill out your digital connect card. We provided a place right there on Facebook in the comment section or you can go online at, at, uh, on our website. Also for guests here and those who are joining us, please fill out uh, on that card uh, your name and uh, guests, anything that's, uh, uh, that you feel comfortable in sharing, that'd be great for our extended LC3 family. Please go ahead and put your name there, anything that's changed. And for everyone, if you have prayers or praise reports, we'd love for you to send them in so we can stand with you in prayer and celebrate with you in, your, in praise and what God's doing in your life. Also, we, we will not be taking offering during the service. So if you brought your tithes or offering, there are baskets, excuse me, there are boxes in the back. And you can always do that online. So um, if you've been with us for the last few weeks, we've been going through the Unwavering Faith series. And we've been looking at Second Thessalonians. And we're going to stay with that, but we're going to do Unwavering Faith as is expressed in missions. So we're going to have a, a little bit of different flow to this uh, morning because this weekend marks the, the time we celebrate our unique partnership to the Demogic people. So what we're going to have, we're going to have like a couple sections. I'll just start us off and I'll share a little bit about missions at LC3 and what that role is that we have. And then we'll have a short video on the, and then someone will give a personal testimony. We'll have our special guests, Sean and Carrie, come up and kind of, kind of show us the importance of building relationships as it is related to missions and in everyday life. Relationships are the key. And then our pastor will come up and wrap it up for us this, uh, this morning. So let me just start off and say that for me, and, I, we take a look at the role that the church has in missions, our particular church, LC3, and that our senior pastor and our elders have emphasized and prioritized missions. And they do that in a couple of different ways to keep it front and center in our life together. What I mean by front is that through their leadership, we have committed our resources to missions. We've just passed our annual budget, and in that annual budget, missions has the largest ministry budget, and it will continue to do so upon that leadership. So that's up front. Keeping it center, every week we try to keep the missionaries we're connected with. There are 23 missionaries that we support directly in front of our corporate eyes and our hearts that we say, this is who they are, this is where they're serving, this is how we can stand with them. This is how we can celebrate the successes. And then we want to make sure that stays in front and we pray for them as we're linked with them, as uh, God works that partnership out with us. So that's one thing I would like to point out to missions here at LC3. Because we put emphasis on missions and on preaching the word, I think God has blessed LC3. And that's shown in the vibrancy and health of missions. So I just want to talk a little bit about that. First of all, I think it's shown in three different things. It's shown in the, in the way that we keep the focus on local and global. Sometimes when we talk missions, people say, well, we're not caring about those around us or we're not reaching out to the places that 
don't know about Christ or need relief and help and churches built. We try to keep a balanced view, keep the focus on both local and global. Locally, we're involved with Youth for Christ, Young Life, our own Bread of Life food bank, and then, of course, with our village missions and planning churches. Globally, we're partnered with a number of great organizations. We're partnering with SIM and Pioneers and Frontiers and Islands of Hope and Missions 127. Also, you know, we're connected with the leadership of Global's team and, of course, the group I'm involved with, Passion Center for Children. The second way God has led us and we see our health and vitality is the fact that we've been prompted as, an, as, a, as a church to think about strategically impacting the unreached world. So this mar weekend marks one of those special task force, some of those, one of those special adopted areas that we're, we're connected with, which is the Tamajic people. And then early in this year, we focused on the three unreached group in the Dagestan area. And the third way I think we show our vitality that continues here is the legacy that Lake City has in missions. For almost 100 years, we've been involved in missions. We've seen people come from our congregation, go out and serve in a number of different ways, both long-term and short-term. We stood behind them and with them. But legacy speaks of what's happened in the past, how God has blessed us. But it also is a great jumping-off point for missions in the future here at LC3. So I'm looking forward to seeing how God continues that amongst our youth that God might be raising to go into missions. Or those who are young adults and are wrestling for that, about that deeper call that God's speaking to your heart on. For those who are retiring and looking at that second career because I've got still more in the tank. I want to serve God in other places how will God use missions for LC3 going forward? So we have that amazing legacy. Now, whenever we talk about missions, it's always good to anchor that back to Scripture. And in the short time I have, I just want to look at one passage for us before we move on in the service. And that passage talks about the church's calling. And it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. There's a lot of passages, but just for our time, I'm going to look at that. Let me read that for us. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Just want to highlight two things. There's a lot of good stuff there, but just want to highlight two. The first part is that we are the ambassadors. Paul didn't say that I'm just the ambassador. He wasn't just speaking about the team that was with him. He extends that to all those who follow Jesus and said yes to him that we are the ambassadors for him. There's no other people group that are going to be God's ambassadors. It's on us. That's a privilege. That's has, it's exciting. And some say, whoa, what's that all about? But we are his ambassadors. And God will stand with us. He will resource us. He will give us those places and those people to reach. The second part of that verse has two strong verses. I mean, verbs. It says that God is appealing and that word means he's beseeching he's pleading it shows his heart it's not a passive god it was oh i wish you'd come back he looks and he sees those who are lost and need him who are scattered and harassed and he wants them to come into his family and we who have come to know christ and follow him, we get an insight into christ god's heart for 
people. And we then get the, the privilege of imploring them to come in. Two strong verses about what it's like, what it means to be God's ambassador and insight there. So thank you for letting me share that just a little bit. Um, what I'd like to do now is just kind of draw our attention to that next part. We're going to have a short video about the Tomajic people. And then Lori Anderson, who serves on a global mission team in the Tomajic Task Force, she's going to share a testimony. So thank you. Sahara Desert, nomads, camel caravans, warriors of the blue veil, Tuareg. These are evocative words which characterize the unreached people group who God has laid on our hearts and who inhabit North Africa and Niger. We call them the Tamajic people. Nomadic peoples such as the Tamajic are one of the last frontiers of unreached peoples who require much prayer, perseverance, and sacrifice from the existing church to reach with the good news of Jesus. In 2009, Lake City was led to adopt this people group of Niger, West Africa, to pray that the kingdom of God would reach into their vastly widespread desert encampments. The Tamajic are one of the least reached peoples in the world, with nearly 1.6 million of them waking up every morning and going to bed every night without knowing that the Lord Jesus has visited the earth. Tall and regal, nomadic and traditional, each day they crawl out from under goatskin tents to meet the hot sun. Their camels, sheep and goats are their wealth, which provide milk and transportation, and force them to hunt for water and grazing land. Daily, they face harsh conditions and depend on seasonal rain for survival. They dance and laugh as easily as they draw swords to protect their livestock and honor. They are very relational and value time spent with friends over shots of strong tea. Their women are unveiled and enjoy a higher position than in most Muslim people groups. Widely spread out across the desert and fiercely independent, it has proven almost impossible to plant local churches among them. Religiously, the Tamajic are nominally Muslim. They mix spirit worship and animism with Islam. They fear rejection should they leave Islam. Their language is difficult to learn and even harder to read and includes several dialects complicating the work of Bible translation. But such is the nature of the world's remaining unreached people groups. The easy fruit in evangelism around the world, they say, has been picked. The remaining fruit is hard and costly. We know at least seven separate devoted missionaries to the Tamajic who have had to leave their work in the last decade due to threats or calamities. God is indeed moving among these people to bring them into his family. Our part is to pray, serve, send, or go in obedience to his command to take the gospel to every tribe, tongue, people, and nation we thank you for your participation in this mission. May we be found continually faithful. Hi, I'm Laura Anderson. I'm part of the global missions team here, and I'm also on the Tamajic strategic focus team and have been since it formed in 2008. I got my interest in missions a long time ago um, when I went to Southern Sudan and worked as a nurse for two years with SIM 
and it um, really opened my eyes to what was going on globally and gave me a kind of a passion for women and families who are serving cross-culturally. And I feel like God really kind of put that desire on my heart to care for them. Because I've been on the Tamajic focus team, I've been to Niger many different times and gotten to know a lot of the missionary, well, the different folks that are working out there. And the the last time I was there in a year and a half ago, I I heard from three different sets of people, none of whom we support as a church, how valuable this church is and the reputation that Lake City Community Church has in the mission in the community there and really around the world in different parts of the world. And I wanted to share that with you because it is because of you as individuals that we have that reputation. The kinds of things that you have done that stand out, one is your commitment to, to prayer. And we've been praying for the Tamajic for the last uh, 11 years, and now we've added the, the Dagestan group as well. Uh, for your financial support, as Eric uh, alluded to, uh, both individually and through the GMT budget, it's just amazing. Um, you've welcomed them in your small groups, and that is so encouraging because then they have a place to kind of land when they come back. You've written to them, sent emails, um, WhatsApp notices, uh, packages. Marlene got a package in Chad. That's unheard of. <laughs> um, sending the Pritchards out and Nikki for teaching the marriage and parenting seminars and how to do children's ministry, uh, repairing electrical things and missionary housing. It's just there's a lot of um, different ways that this church has reached out. Most recently, you welcomed and prepared a place for um, Sean and Carrie when they came. And I was thinking about how welcoming comes and goes around because when I was in Niger a year and a half ago, they welcomed me and we'd only met one time before that, but they brought a meal and I just felt so included with them. And now you have done the same as they have been here for the last couple of months. So as followers of Christ, we have um, roles that we play, we pray, or we send, or we go, or we mobilize others to go, and we welcome them. And so this morning, you get a return on your welcoming investment as you now welcome Sean and Carrie to come on up here. You're in for a treat. I like city. Let's see if I can do this. Cake. Guys, <clears throat> am I on? Yeah, I'm mic'd. Okay. <clears throat> Today, you get to come to our house, and we hopefully will share a little bit of what life is like with you. Sadly, for you, that means you get to do language learning. <clears throat> so our first phrase that you get to learn today is uh, standard greeting. Salam alaikum. And the response, which is alaikum assalam. So, um, and I will try to remember, last service I forgot to do my language lessons throughout when we were talking. But I will try to remember to call out every time 
we have language learning. So the phrase, um, salam alaikum, uh, is an Arabic phrase, and it's often associated with Islam, uh, but really it just simply means peace unto you. So, um, and, you know, as Christians, we think, uh, which phrases do we use, which do we not? But in Matthew 10, 11 through 14, Jesus instructs the disciples, whatever town or village you enter, search there for some worthy person to stay at your house until you leave, to stay at their house until you leave. And as you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. And in Luke 10, 6, Jesus said, when you enter a house, first say peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, then your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you. So as you see, there's really, really no reason not to greet uh, with this greeting. And um, so we regularly use it, especially upon entering a household. We enter and say, Assalamu alaikum, and we listen for the response. They're a little more active than 9 a.m. <laughs> Salam alaikum. Alaikum assalam. <laughs> So that's not where the greetings end, though. It's just like here in the U.S., we uh, will start saying, uh, hi, how you doing? How's work? How's the family? The greetings in the Tamajic language continue as well. But lucky for you, being new language learners, the response is always the same, almost always, and almost. it's really easy. It's al-kharas. You guys try that. Al-kharas. Which means it's all good. <laughs> so... As I, uh, as I set up here, we'll try that. Maniedas. Al-Khawas. Matahalakam. Matole. Maniarivan. They don't have a response for that one. <laughs> oh, they... how about this one? Mani Tuxi. Uh, tuxi Tige. What happened to Al-Kharas? Al-Kharas. <laughs> Mani Tuxi is, how's the heat? And uh, Tuxi Tile is, it's here. <laughs> <laughs> so now, Mani Ariwan, how's the household? Mm. <laughs> Which means, everybody in the household are doing well. <laughs> So, we want to thank you for joining us for dinner tonight. Um, at any given time, any given meal, we could have anywhere from just the two of us to 10 to 20 people show up. And so, uh, we hope you like salad. <laughs> I hope it's enough. There aren't too many of you. I've been working on it for a while now, since last night. So, <laughs> so. And one thing that we've discovered is that um, we do eat salad in Niger. It's something that's different from the Tamajic people and the other people groups in Niger, is that we 
are lucky and get to eat salad. And the idea for you guys is um, next time you eat salad and every time after that, perhaps you can pray for the Tamajic people and their spiritual growth. Actually, I think it would be more accurate to say that not all the Tamajic people eat salad. Rather, those who live close to an oasis or the gardens enjoy salad. Some of the ones you saw up in the video this morning uh, live far away from the oases or travel around, and they may not eat as much or even like salad as much. So let me take that opportunity to explain um, the Tamajic as a whole. So we say Tamajic, which is short for Kel Tamajic, those who speak the Tamajic language is what that means. And just like here, you have the First Nations of the Pacific Northwest. And in that category or grouping, you have several individual tribes, such as the Duwamish and the Salish and the Nisqually and the Puyallup. Well, the Keltamajic is another grouping of uh, people who speak the Tamajic language. And just like the individual tribes here have a lot of similarities and a few differences, uh, the Tamajic confederations, which is what they say instead of tribes, the, the Tamajic confederations have a lot of similarities, but they also have some differences in dialect and traditions in their food and uh, that kind of thing. But there are some things that are very common. They are very kind. They are very hospitable. They will uh, offer us the, uh, a guest the last of what they have when a new guest arrives. So that's something that we've seen common between most of the Tamajic. Well, when Carrie and I talk about the Tamajic, we're going to tell you about our experience with a particular confederation of the Kel Tamajic, which might be a little different than what you have seen or heard from others in the past. So, um, yeah. You know, a lot's been going on. Not only have I been traveling all over the United States uh, this last few weeks, but um, it seems like everyone's starting to move around in Niger again. Yeah. Uh, last week when I was sending out our weekly Bible message to everyone, I went through all my messages from the previous week, and I found that hmm, two more guys have headed up north to look for gold. Someone else has decided to go out into the bush hoping to find some work. The village is doing okay health-wise, but is really struggling financially. Someone got arrested traversing the desert. <laughs> and, um, yeah, the, I think the thing that stood out for me this week the most was the monetary needs, which in this one week when I added everything up, there was probably $300 of special needs that were, that were asked to be prayed for. Wow, that is just daunting. You know, people here ask me, what's the effect that COVID is having in Niger? And it's so hard to relate the economic toll that the restrictions that are put in place due to COVID is having. The economic hardship alone is so much worse than the virus itself. Yeah, I do hope that we're able to sell the jewelry that they entrusted to us. Um, I still am pretty overwhelmed that they trusted us and asked us to be responsible for um, hopefully selling the jewelry and providing for the clan for these coming months. Yeah, so how's that, how's that jewelry sales going? It's all right. 
Um, pretty good. It's pretty good. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we, uh, uh, we have a table set up just outside of the service. You want to come by and see what we're talking about there? So um, we had a script prepared for last night and this morning. A different script. A different script. And in the <laughs> script, uh, we had a great plan to give you a, a lot more information about a day or a night in the life of uh, living in the desert among the Tamajic, which you're seeing part of that here now. We went to bed Friday night with a very tight 20-minute presentation ready to go that described our life with the Tamajic. And we woke up on Saturday morning completely convicted that that was not at all what God wanted to sh us to share. <laughs> <laughs> if you were here last year when we, we spoke here, You'll remember our tagline, the show up, drink tea, talk Jesus. And every time you'll see us, you're going to hear us say that. And we always um, try to bring home the idea of being, that being a disciple of Christ includes showing up, drinking tea or coffee, maybe even water, and talking Jesus, regardless of where the person that you're with is at in their spiritual walk. We try to draw you into catching the vision that God uses all things for his glory. And the script that we had prepared simply just didn't do that. Nah, he wants me to do my next phrase. So do you guys remember last week when Pastor Jim um, said, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, God's plan is for you to do great things for him. It really had a big impact on me, so much so that that was uh, what we used as our question in going back with our Bible learning with our peeps in Niger last week. Um, and so yesterday morning, though, as we waited for the coffee to brew, we prayed, we're just, and I, I know I was like, God, what do you want us to share? We have this presentation ready to go. What do you want us to do? What is the really good thing? What is the great thing? that you want us to share? Well, it's not like we haven't been praying about this for the last few weeks, but here's what it comes down to. God is on the move in the prayer lives of people there and here. He spent the last year really growing us spiritually and stripping away doctrine, stripping away everything and getting us back to basics about who Jesus is what he did, and what he asks of us as believers. And so uh, we came to the conclusion and feel very strongly that today what God wants is for us to share um, some stories about how he is working in the prayer lives of people that we know in Niger. Um, and how he's working at in helping their understanding of who Jesus is and what he did and what he taught about how to be a follower of himself. So every month we send out a prayer letter. And in that prayer letter, there are prayer points, one for every day of the month. Well, we would love to go through all of those 300 plus <laughs> prayer points over the last year and give you a report back of how God has moved or changed hearts. 
that would take hours. And frankly, Jim only gave us like 15 minutes. So, but suffice it to say, your prayer is absolutely vital to this ministry. From the beginning of our time in Niger, we've prayed with our friends, Christian and non-Christian alike, and we've talked about prayer with them. We've learned about how they pray, if they pray, and if so, how they pray. We have asked about uh, what is prayer like in their context and how it's used. And then we began modeling prayer. We pray before meals like this. We pray when we're gathered around like this. We pray with individuals. We pray with groups. Um, we have done a lot of praying there. Well, the really exciting part now is they are catching the vision and beginning to instigate that non-scripted, off-the-cuff prayer themselves. How many times have you and I stood at the airport sending somebody away on a long journey and stood in the airport praying for them? So many. A lot. Yeah. And actually, as an aside... That might be a surprise to you, but um, our, our family, our friends and our clan that we're with travel. They fly to Europe. So a few of them travel to sell the jewelry that we talked about. Um, but anyways, that tradition, um, I'm glad we started it. And the thing that's cool, like what you were just talking about, is how now we're not the only ones instigating that prayer. And certainly... Um, I'll never forget, and I think Sean won't either, uh, this past January when our youngest son was getting ready to head back to America because he had finished high school. And um, we, uh, as is culturally appropriate, uh, we were visiting houses of people that were important to him the night of his departure. It's It's tradition that you would stop by the houses of people that are important in your life and um, give them your travel plans, basically. You know, say, I'm leaving here. I think I'll be back here. Here's where I'm going to go, blah, blah, blah. So we started uh, early on in the evening and saved the house that we felt was the most important for last. But by the time we got to this house, it was about maybe 45 minutes until we really, really needed to be hightailing it to the airport. So we showed up that night, and we uh, pushed open the gate, to the house and, and said, Salam alaikum. And we listened for, they're pretty fast learners. They're good. Um, and every, we, you know, we heard the response from a room. It was pretty chilly out, probably 90. And uh, <laughs> everyone was inside. So we went in the room and we got to sit on the cot because it was a special night since Derek was leaving. And uh, just started to talk. Almost immediately, someone, of course, says, oh, we must make tea. We have to make tea. And we're like, eh, 45 minutes. Okay. So the tea started, and we, it's complete with a tea shop shop, which is fanning the flames to try and get it to boil faster. <laughs> we have our first cup of tea. We're chatting about Derek's college plans. And second cup of tea comes, and we're like, yes. We can be out of here because we were starting to get a little bit stressed. And our dear, dear friend stops us. And he says, he's like, wait, I have to pray. I have to pray for Derek. He said a beautiful, beautiful prayer um, from, from the heart, asking for Derek's protection and that God would walk closely with him and many, many other things. 
And the reason that that prayer stands out is not so much the eloquence, although it was quite eloquent and some really amazing interaction with God, but was that it was the very first time after three and a half years at that point that we had ever experienced somebody coming alongside us in the way that we pray. And it was so cool to see, to get to be witness to such an obvious movement of God um, in somebody's life, in their prayer life. Yeah. Yes, that was the first time when we saw this um, uh, off-the-cuff prayer like that that we've been modeling. and But that wasn't the last time. So we, uh, I want to tell you about a few more instances. So... About once a week, we will go out uh, to the dry riverbeds or the wadi, if you will, and uh, seek some shade under the large shade trees. Uh, we'll lay out our mats like this, and we'll have a little gathering. And at this gathering, we will uh, do a few things. For one, it's kind of a social event. And so there'll be uh, a mat like this that you see here, which is a nylon beach mat. Um, and over on the beach mat is kind of the social area. But then I will also have, oh, Carrie actually has, <laughs> um, a rug like this, uh, but it'll be big enough for about six or seven people to sit on. And that'll be about 20 or 30 yards from the main social mat. Um, so what we will do on this, uh, on this rug is we will go and have kind of small group or house slash outdoor in a riverbed church. Uh, so we'll start out with uh, a prayer, and then we will get out our phones, and then we'll get a speaker, and then we will listen to the Bible in audio on that speaker uh, in their language, that their heart language. We don't know what it's saying. Um, well, we do, because we know what it's Well, yeah, because language, we know the Bible. But, yeah. but <laughs> uh, So we'll listen to that, and we'll stop it, and we'll, they will ask questions, and we'll talk about it. You know, how does this relate to what we heard last week? Is this Joseph, the same Joseph that was in the Old Testament? Uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and then we'll go on. While we're doing all of this, but somebody's over here making this beautiful-smelling salad, <laughs> and uh, somebody is off to the side also making tea, like this, and then off over on the other mat, 20 or 30 yards away, sometimes there's somebody who's roasting or roasting some lamb or making some lamb stew, and it's somewhere in the low hundreds, and we've been sitting out here for um, about an hour. So by this time, I'm often getting anxious. Um, the lamb smells good. I'm getting hot and drippy from being outside, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> and so after we you know, eat a little salad and drink a little tea, I'm like, all right, let's go. I start rolling up the mat and folding up the rug. And my friends say, no, stop. We have to pray. <sighs> yeah, you're right. We have to pray. And so <laughs> then we'll stop, and we, everybody around this rug will hear. Thanks. Everybody around this rug will start praying. And we'll pray for people in the village. We'll pray for people who are sick. We'll pray for people who are traveling. We'll pray for the new baby that was born last week. Uh, many different styles and things to pray for. Um, it is often praying for somebody else because they are a hospitable people. So that is happening more and more. And it is very encouraging to see this. It is. 
It's really beautiful to see how God is working in people's lives and increasing their understanding of who he is and, and what Jesus has done. But both of these stories, they really, um, for me, I think, have the, one of the biggest things is they've reminded me so much that we have to meet people where they're at in their faith walk. We have to be willing to put aside our assumptions of where people should be at and, you know, the assumptions that, oh, you have to have believed X, Y, Z or um, done A, B, C before you could be possibly praying in this manner. Into the, and uh, it's just been such a learning lesson for me as we've gone through their growth. So the most recent indicator that we have that God is moving in the prayer lives uh, of our friends there is that we maintain uh, contact with them through our technological devices. And we recently have been uh, receiving messages in, in prayers that are ending in the phrase, Que Dieu et notre Seigneur soit avec vous. It would be a language lesson, but it, he's going to tell you what it is. <laughs> so that's French for may God and our Lord be with you. Now, this may not seem like a big deal, but there's only one Seigneur. And that is our Lord Jesus Christ. This is actually huge. It's Praise huge. God. You're right. Yeah. So we tell you these stories simply as an encouragement. An encouragement that indeed it is true. If you show up, drink tea, talk Jesus, do the thing, then you will see great movements of God. They may not be great as in really big but they will always be great. We tell you to encourage you to keep praying. To keep praying for the Tamajic people and their spiritual growth. To keep praying for the missionaries and keep praying for yourself. That God continues to reveal to you those God moments when he's at work with you and people in your life. Strive to show up, drink tea, talk Jesus. Mm, Do we get to eat the salad this time? I would need it. <laughs> Normally I would, but not today. Well, we'd like to leave you with a final quote by an Ooh, author named Evelyn Reisiker. It's a uh, one never knows when Jesus is going to show up. God is the host and he is the one who invites. We just distribute the invitations. Thank you for your time this evening and for hearing us. Thank you so much, Sean and Carrie. It's wonderful to get a little bit of a picture of what life is like for you in Niger. Mm -hmm. God bless you. Thank, Thank you. you. This time I'm actually going to be the gentleman and help my wife with uh, this day. I'm remembering And you're going to remember your time. shoes this time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I am. That's helpful. It's been an issue. Let's give them another big hand. So I'm going to wrap up today. First of all, I want to say good morning to everybody and thank you all for being here. And uh, that, just a great opportunity for us today to celebrate something like 11 years
of our partnership in Niger with the Tamajic people to reach out to the Tamajic. Our partnership is primarily with SIM, uh, but there's a few other uh, groups and individuals that are working among the Tamajic that we are partnering with as well. Uh, but we thought there's no better way for you to get a little bit of a flavor for what life is like there and ministry there. Nothing better than to uh, meet a couple that's there doing it on a regular basis and also to connect you with them to uh, pray for them in a personal way. So I want to talk as I close about just a couple of ways to engage with our uh, Tamajic adoption. So this is a very, very important part of our DNA as a church is our Tamajic adoption. And uh, we want everyone that's part of Lake City to engage in some way. Um, first of all, we do a fundraiser every year, and we want to say thank you to everyone who's given toward our Tamajic fundraiser. And we also want to say it's not too late. If you haven't had a chance yet and you still would like to give, we want to encourage you to give toward the Tamajic fundraiser. You can do that using a bottle, but you can also do that by sending in a check or by giving online. And uh, just, just make sure if you give online that you go to the little pull-down screen and make sure it's for Tamajic. Um, this is an unreached people group, and that means there's not enough believers among the Tamajic to reach the 1.6 million Tamajic there are in the world that most of them have never heard of Christ. And so uh, it relies on groups like our church family to, to help support them. And the way that these offerings are used is there's a Bible camp coming up in August, Tamajic Bible camp that's very strategic in Niger. Uh, we help support that. Uh, one of the things that we're supporting is a crisis relief fund for those who are affected by the coronavirus that don't have income right now. Uh, SIM has, has established this crisis fund. Uh, we're, we're helping with the electronic distribution of the gospel through those cards that go in phones and have the uh, Bibles in the Tamajic language and the uh, Jesus movie and things like that. We're actually, uh, one of the goals this year is to buy a solar-powered projection system for the, those that are going out into the desert where there's absolutely no electricity to be able to show out there via, via solar power projection the, the Jesus story. And uh, we're supporting uh, Old Testament translation, that team that's working on finishing up the Old Testament. So those are a few of the ways this offering will be used. Uh, also, another way to engage with our Tamajic partnership is through prayer. You heard a lot about prayer today, and we want to encourage each of you to consider being part of Sean and Carrie's prayer team, and also part of our church prayer team. So that's two separate things. To be part of Sean and Carrie's prayer team, uh, just let them know today. You can either email the office and say, at, let them know I want to be part of their team, or you can stop by the Welcome Center or the table with the jewelry out, out in front of the church and fill out a card and get, or get on the list there for their uh, prayer team. So that's one way to pray and to get the regular updates that they send out. And then we also have a Tamajic prayer team here at Lake City. And what we do is every month uh, we, we gather the uh, prayer requests from our friends in Niger and we put them together in like a several page prayer packet. We, we email them out to everyone on our Tamajic prayer team. And we also, we do that in a, at the same time that we do a, a, a prayer call. So it's a Zoom call and we pray together for the Tamajic people. You, you can just pray on your own, or you can actually sign up and be part of the prayer call, but either way, you need to let us know that you want the email and get to get that information each month. 
Again, you can let us know by calling the office, by sending an email to the office, by writing that down on your digital connect card, or if you're here in the room, you can fill it out on your yellow communication card. We would love, love, love to have you be part of our prayer team as well. So that's my part today. I want to thank you again all for coming today, and uh, we're going to close in prayer for the big things God is doing in Niger among the Tamajik, so please bow with me as we close in prayer. So Lord, we love you, and we are just thrilled to hear that you are on the move in Niger among the Tamajik. Lord, we've been uh, praying for them for something like 11 years, and it's exciting to hear how more and more are coming to faith and how uh, great things are happening. And Lord, we pray for those that are working there, for your protection over them. We pray for uh, energy and strength and wisdom to uh, build relationships and to uh, share Christ. And Lord, I pray for uh, Sean and Carrie right now that you will meet all of their needs and that you would guide them to know when to go back and that you would use them greatly even now over these different electronic mediums that they're using, God. We pray for open doors for the gospel, even through WhatsApp and things like that. And uh, Lord, we pray that you would continue to grow us as a church in our uh, Tamajic adoption, in our support of that, in our uh, interest in that, and in our engagement individually and as families. Lord, we praise you for what you're doing, and we pray all of these things in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And everybody said?